The Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. We want you to stay tuned. We're going to have a poem read here by my wife in just a little bit. It was written by her brother. And it's about, can we trust the Word of God? Or can we change it? Do we have the right to do that? And that's what my message will be about today. So stay tuned. Got some good things coming up today. All right, at this time, Sister Nancy is going to be reading that poem about can we trust the Word of God or can we change it? And the name of the poem is As It Is Written. So at this time, Sister Nancy, and then, uh, then I'll be going into the Word of God and discussing that from the Word of God and see what God's Word says about that. Do we have confidence or can we have confidence in the Word? All right, at this time, Sister Nancy. As It Is Written. Don't make attempts to change God's word, not even just a little. For none of it shall pass away, not one jot nor one tittle. There are warnings in the word of God to any who have meddled. For his words are pure and undefiled, and in heaven they are settled. The church of God down through the years, on its precepts they have stood. I would not change one word of it even if I could. No adding or subtracting with intentions to deceive, for if we add unto his words, his plagues we will receive. So take a stand upon his word, and the critics do forbear, for in the Lamb's book of life our names are written there. I'd like to call your attention to the word of God today just for a little bit, and I know that there's a lot of accusations today, a lot of things being said, and a lot of things being taught, that the Word of God, you really can't depend on the Bible because, after all, it's just a book that's been handed down to us and been uh, translated, retranslated, and after all, how could you trust all those translations? Well, let's just take a look at the Word of God. See, I believe that God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life but if we don't know how to believe on him then we're in trouble and if we had a book which we call the bible that was uh not true anymore then how would we know 
And how could we believe on this God? And actually then, what he did at Calvary would have been in vain. Because after all, he, <clears throat> he paid the supreme sacrifice. We have to acknowledge that. He gave his life, shed his blood at Calvary, died in our place. And he did it because he loved us and wanted to see us saved. Now, if the, he gives us in this hour, all we have left is just polluted word, something that we cannot uh, trust, then how would we know how to believe on him, how to trust him, and how to obey him? And you wouldn't know which, what was right, what was wrong. Now, I believe, according to the scripture, now Peter said it like this in First Peter, the first chapter in verse 25. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. He said the word of the Lord endureth forever. In other words, it can't be blotted out or lost or done away with. And it is steadfast and sure. Then we go over to the book of uh, Timothy. And in First uh, Timothy, or Second Timothy 3.16, Second Timothy 3.16, it says this, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now let me read that again. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, if this Bible that we have is all polluted, uh, we can't trust it, where are we going to get that instruction? Where are we going to get the doctrine? Where will we get the reproof and the correction? We better have some source and you think that God went to all that bother, going to Calvary, paying the penalty that he did, Jesus Christ dying there for us. And he did that because he loved the world and wanted to see us saved. And then he gives us nothing in this end time. And the word's polluted. We can't trust it. Uh, we really don't know what to do. So we just try to do the best that we can. And we're not sure if we're doing things right or if we're doing something wrong. No, God wouldn't do that. And he would not have his servants ignorant. All right? So all Scripture is given. Now I've heard this argument. I've heard some say, well, yeah, the Scripture was just the writings that they had back under the law, back before Jesus Christ came, uh, back under the law of Moses, the writings that they had, that Scripture, and nothing else is Scripture because nothing else was inspired. Well, let's look and see what Paul said in the 14th chapter. This is in the New Testament. This is the Apostle Paul speaking now, and it's found in 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, and I'll begin to read to you from verse 36. He asked a question, because some people will feel like whatever they think is okay, acceptable, and that's what God wants. And uh, you don't have to go to no book of instruction. You don't have to find out what God said. You just trust whatever you feel or think. All right, now watch it now. He said, what? Came the word of God out from you? Or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if a man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. 
All right, he said, now the things that I write unto you, <clears throat> they are the commandments of the Lord. Then he said, wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. But he went on to say there that, uh, I like that verse 37. He said, I want you to acknowledge this. The things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Now, if they're the commandments of the Lord, they had to be inspired. And if they was inspired, then they become scripture because all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for that doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. That way the man of God can be thoroughly furnished unto every and unto all good works. So <clears throat> we find Peter also says something else in Second Peter, and <clears throat> he writes to the church and gives us some instruction, gives us some knowledge, and I thank God for it. And he says this in Second Peter, first chapter and verse 19. He said, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. That's what Paul was saying there earlier that I just read to you. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So then the word that we have, the word of God that was written down and brought down through the ages to us was given by the Holy Ghost. And holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And it's no private interpretation. No, it's what gave God gave that we all might profit uh, from this. And it's a book of instruction that we all might have instruction. It's a book of doctrine <clears throat> that we might all have the same doctrine. And so that we can all know our God, believe the same thing, walk the same way, mind the same thing. God set this thing up. Now, the Holy Ghost that gave it is also the same Holy Ghost, the same Spirit that's going to interpret the Word of God. We find out that the Word of God also teaches us that the Spirit has to bring the interpretation of the Word of God. So then if you have a man that is a teacher, he has to be then called by God, sent by God. Now, where would you find that? Well, if you want to read that, you can find that over in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans. And it's the Apostle Paul, again, writing to the Romans. And he says this as he writes uh, that, well, let me see what verse I want to start in here just to save some time. Uh, all right, let's look at uh, verse 8. And this is in the 10th chapter of Romans. And he said, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then he asked a question. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So it's a preacher's responsibility to use the word of God and to stay with the word of God and understand the word of God. Not just read words, but bring some understanding from the word of God. And we find out, he says, how shall they preach? Now, we need a preacher to bring us wisdom and understanding. All right, but how shall they preach except they be sent? In other words, if they're not sent by God, inspired by God, revelated by God, if they're not preaching under the unction of the Holy Ghost, then you can't really trust them because how can they understand without the Spirit? They have to have the Spirit, then they have to be called, they have to be sent, so that God will be with them and instruct them and guide them in their thoughts and their understanding of His Word. All right? Again, it said, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And then he went on to say, uh, But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? He went back into the Old Testament there and, and uh, pulled out a scripture, all right, uh, from the book of Isaiah. So then his argument is, in verse 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word. But how are you going to hear? He already told you. You have to have a preacher. How can that preacher preach? He has to be sent by God. So we find that Jesus made a statement while he was here. And I love this. It's found in the 16th chapter of the book of Luke in about verse 17. He said, it is easier. Now, this is Jesus Christ speaking. He said, it is easier for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle of the law to fail. And what does the tittle mean? That means the crossing of a T. Again, he said, I believe it's in Matthew, but he said, not one jot nor one tittle, that jot is a dotting of an I, or the crossing of the T, would pass from the law until all be fulfilled. Only an almighty God could watch over his word in such a way as he wouldn't even let one dotting of an I or crossing of a T pass from the law till it's all fulfilled. And I believe he's still watching over his word today. There was different translations, translators, and God watched over that. And he caused, I believe it was King James, uh, to want to make sure that everything was translated just right and if you read that history of that period, how that he chose this group of men, and it was um, a job they had laid out before them to go get the original manuscripts, everything they could get a hold of, all the former translations, go through them, check them out, and uh, bring a translation that he himself 
could trust in and know that it was of God. Now, I believe God did that. I believe that he inspired that. And he watched over the translators and caused it to come down to us that we might have a book of instruction called the Word of God. Because if he said not one jot and one tittle would pass, the dotting of the I or crossing of a T, and to all be fulfilled, I believe he meant that. The same Holy Ghost that moved upon these men of old was able to watch over his Word and bring it down to us that we might have something that we can trust in. I'd like to go back in the Word of God, and, and uh, here's a story that sort of confirms that. And it's found in the book of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was a prophet of God. And he was in an hour when he prophesied some things that was very difficult uh, for the people to receive because they all had hope that they was going to conquer everybody that came against them. But they had been living so ungodly for several generations and had disobeyed God and turned away from him till he couldn't help them anymore. And so he sent a prophet to them, the prophet Jeremiah, to tell them what was going to happen because of their disobedience. And now possibly if they would have heard that prophet, repented and came to God, maybe God would have had mercy and turned the situation around. But he said they was going into captivity. They might as well prepare for it because they had rejected his word. They was his people, and yet they would not live what he wanted them to live. So we find here in Jeremiah, the 36th chapter, the story goes here that Jeremiah had prophesied and the scribe took down and wrote everything that Jeremiah prophesied. Now, holy men of old, Jeremiah was one of those men. And the Holy Ghost overshadowed him or came upon him, and he began to speak. As he spoke, he was speaking by the Spirit, and that's how this Word of God was coming. Well, he was writing it, the scribe was writing it down, got it all wrote down, and <clears throat> it was a real <laughs> strong rebuke. And it was also very frightening uh, to those that heard it because God was telling Israel, uh, you're in trouble now. You're going into captivity. You're going to become uh, slaves, more or less, is what it amounts to. In other words, whenever you're in captivity, you have no control. The people that have brought you into captivity, they control you. Well, that's what they was facing. So they didn't want to hear nothing like that. But Jeremiah was a prophet of God. That's what God spoke. Through him, that was the word of the Lord, that was the word of God, and he had to speak it. Well, he speaks it, it's written down, and then eventually they they was almost afraid to take it to the king, but finally they did. They they had warned Jeremiah and, and the scribe here, you go hide so that the king can't find you because he's going to be upset. So they take the scroll to the king. Well, here about the 20th verse, they went into the king's court, but they laid up the roll in the chamber of Elishama the scribe and told all the words in the ears of the king. So the king sent Jehudai to fetch the roll, and he took it out of Elishama and the scribe's chamber, and Jehudai read it in the ears of the king and in the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. Now, the king sat in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass that when Jehudai had read three or four leaves, he cut it with the penknife 
and cast it into the fire, that it was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet there were, they were not afraid, nor rent their garment, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. Now, here's what the king did. As, as they're reading it, he's tearing it up, ripping it up with his knife, throwing it on the fire, burning it up. He figures that that will eliminate that. He won't have to hear it no more. It's done. It's gone. So he thought he had got rid of the word of God. But remember what Peter said. He said that uh, it endureth forever. Another writer said that it's forever settled in heaven. All right. Well, we go on here. They wasn't afraid. Uh, they, they burnt the word of God. They thought that it was eliminated now. And <clears throat> nevertheless, Elnathan and Deliah and Gemariah had made intercession to the king that he would not burn the roll. They didn't want him to do that. They was afraid. But he would not hear them. But the rest of them thought it was all right. But the king commanded Jeremiel, the son of Haamelech, and Seriah, the son of Azrael, and Shilemiah, the son of Abdiel, to take Barak, the scribe, and Jeremiah, the prophet, but the Lord hid them. Now, he wanted them to be arrested and brought in before him for punishment, for even, even uh, prophesying this and, and having this role written like that. Well, watch what happens here. Verse 27, Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after that the king had burned the roll, and the words which Barak wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah, saying, Take thee again another roll, and write in it all the former words that were in the first roll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, hath burned. And thou shalt say to Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast burned this roll, saying, Why hast thou written therein, saying, The king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land, and shall cause to cease from thence man and beast? Therefore thus saith the Lord of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, He shall have none to sit upon the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out in the day to the heat, and in the night to the frost. In other words, he was going to stop him from his seed from reigning upon the king or upon the throne of David from that time on. And I will punish him and his seed and his servants for their iniquity, and I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the men of Judah all the evil that I have pronounced against them, but they hearken not. Then took Jeremiah another roll and gave it to Barak the scribe, and the son, the son of Neriah, who wrote therein from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the book which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire, and there were added besides unto them many like words. In other words, you can't destroy the word of God. The Holy Ghost came upon the prophet again. The prophet spake all those words again and even added some more uh, warnings and things to the king uh, that was God had prepared. So you can't destroy the word. They might uh, burn the Bibles, do things like that. It wouldn't stop because the Holy Ghost could move upon a man today 
And that man could sit down and begin to speak all this word that God had for us because he wants us to have this instruction in righteousness. He wants us to have this doctrine. So don't ever think that uh, we have nothing we can depend on. When you open up your King James Version of the Bible, you don't have to worry about that. You can depend on that. And I'll tell you what, if you can just live that and obey that book of instruction, God, when you come back, you have every right to say, this is what you left for me. This is what I obeyed. And you know what? I believe you'll be justified. And I believe I'll be justified. I see our time has slipped by us again. But tune in next week, same time, same station, as we bring you more of this great book of instruction, the Word of God. Listening to the Apostle.